SVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A bit of a turnaround in the grain trade today. We saw some higher numbers, corn, beans, and even that wheat complex. It was a mixed type of market on the livestock side. We're going to find out all the details as to what caused for the turnaround today as Arlen Suderman joins us. He is with Stonex. And Arlen, I was, I was joking that it was kind of nice to see some green on the screen, especially in this wheat market that has just continued to have a struggle. Yeah, it really has. We've been on a long trek downward really since mid-October when prices have been falling. Uh, if we look back at uh, mid-October to now, uh, we've taken a lot off premium off of these markets. I'm just looking at Kansas City wheat spot contract. Actually, the March contract was trading traded as high as 962 um, back on uh, the October the 10th. and. And on Tuesday, we traded uh, down to 723. So uh, that's almost $2.40 decline. So when you fall that far that fast, you're going to be oversold and you're going to be due for some type of corrective bounce. And that's what we got today. I, I wish I could say to the producers out there that that means that the bottom is in. Um, but I think that's far too premature to say that momentum driving algos are are really trading this right now momentum is to the downside and to this point even though we saw a higher day today and and finished the market pretty well to this point the rallies have been sold so we'll have to see if this rally gets sold once again as well what has been because i know many were scratching their heads over this wheat complex and why it continued to trade as it did for so low for so long well, it's got to be particularly frustrating to farmers in the areas of the Plains Hard Red Winter Wheat Belt that are still dry, because there's a large section of the Hard Red Winter Wheat Belt that is still very dry. Uh, and probably, and I was just looking at the rankings today, if you look at rainfall since September the 1st uh, by Crop Reporting District and look at the ranks, southwest Kansas, which would be where Garden City is at, um, ranks 125th driest out of 130 years of records if you go to September 1st until now. And in fact, you have to go all the way back to September to see any rain above a tenth of an inch for that area or any meaningful rain. You have to go back to July when they got an inch of rain. Uh, Garden City for the year to date is at nine inches of precipitation right now for the total and a third of that came in two rain events back back in may and again in july so it's been extremely dry out there there's a lot of wheat in the soil so going back to your point why are wheat prices going down well that's kind of the nature of the wheat market unfortunately if you look at world supplies of quality milling wheat in the hands of exporters of their historically low levels uh, as a percent of, of usage. Um, so rather tight. But most of the wheat in the world, uh, let me give an example of an opposite example, soybeans, virtually every bushel, almost every bushel produced around the world is traded in the futures market in some form or capacity at some point before consumption. With wheat, it's a rather small percentage of the crop that is actually traded in the futures market, and that really allows the futures market to be dominated by these speculative computer trading, um, computer traders that are reading 
chart signals and momentum and signals, etc. cetera. Uh, and they're just focused right now on poor U.S. exports when, frankly, we don't have the wheat to export anyway. And so, uh, unfortunately, that's the name of the game. I guess the other thing I would say is wheat market rarely trades drought in the plains until it gets to the spring. And we're not to spring yet uh, because we've seen plenty of years when it was very, very dry in the fall and in the winter. And then in the spring, the rains came and we had a, a big crop. And so that's what the trade assumed until proven otherwise. So if we hope to see this market trade a drought in the plains, we're going to have to uh, see this last a little bit longer and be patient. And uh, perhaps as we get into February and March, it'll start trading it if the weather hasn't changed. And, of course, that's what everybody's waiting with, with bated breath to see what this spring is going to bring. Looking at the dollar, we saw a weaker dollar after some higher numbers earlier this week. That's kind of setting a tone, I'm sure, with maybe export possibilities. Well, that was certainly part of today's strength in the grain and oil seeds as well. I mentioned the, the technical bounce, but the weaker dollar certainly made a difference. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, not enough. When you look at how uncompetitive U.S. wheat prices are right now, the dollar needs to fall a lot more really to make us competitive. Um, but it certainly does help and, and did give us a little bit of a tailwind today. What are you looking at when it comes to um, basis numbers at this point with with grain movement as we're getting ready to wrap up 2022? Well, it's all about the drought that we saw in 2022 in the plains in the western ag belt overall. And so that's where we see the strongest basis. It doesn't matter if you're talking corn, wheat, or soybeans. And so that's really a big sucking sound that's kind of sucking grain from the east toward the west, trying to fill the void. If you look at corn, milo, and feed wheat production in the major feedlot states, it was down nearly a billion bushels this year. And so there's a lot of grain that needs to be pulled, even hearing about ethanol processors in Iowa and Illinois offering huge premiums uh, to farmers for corn delivered in July, uh, June and July, because they're worried that feedlots are going to suck it out of there by then. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Wednesday. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Wall Street fund managers and, of course, what everybody keeps chatting about, and that's is there going to be an increase coming when it deals with the interest rates? We'll take a look at the livestock side as well as we know there are some weather patterns that are moving in. The first one hit some areas tomorrow, but it sounds like the one of next week is causing more concern. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Let's get another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids. We're going to visit with Eric Guasini as part of a three-man crew for Peterson Livestock based in Oxford, Nebraska. So, Eric, you used to be a district man for Fontenelle Hybrids. Now, as a dealer, tell us what makes Fontenelle stand out above other local seed brands. I think a lot of it, as far as what really makes Fontenelle stand out, is our product lineup. Dealing with bear and what we get from a genetic lineup. In my area, it's a lot with soybeans specifically. We've got a big issue with iron deficiency chlorosis. Um, and we've got several different beans, different maturities that work extremely well going up and down the hills. Um, we run into in Furnace, Arlen County. And so it's, it's really nice to have the depth of product selection that we have. 
For more on product selection, you can contact Eric Wasenius of Peterson Livestock based out of Oxford, Nebraska, or contact your local Fontenelle dealer or go to Fontenelle RVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. So everybody's been watching the stock market. They've been watching what's been happening on Wall Street. I think many watching their 401k and wondering. But some fund managers have some concerns out there. What are you hearing, Arlen? It really comes down to uh, is the medicine going to be worse than the disease? The disease is inflation. Uh, the Fed is determined to fix inflation because it's very worried, and I think rightfully so, about the long-term effects of inflation. And so it, it started too late in trying to treat inflation. And when you start treating a disease too late, you have to be more severe with the medicine sometime. And Wall Street's worried about whether the medicine's going to be worse than the disease. I, I don't think so. I, but the Fed also has a tendency to go too far when they do something and kind of lead from behind, so to speak. And so uh, they may overdo it. And that's kind of the concern of the trade. The expectation is when they meet next week, they're, they're going to raise interest rates another 50 basis points, taking them up to four and a quarter percent. And the trade is still thinking that the peak in interest rate is going to be four and three quarters to five, somewhere in that range early next year with rates starting to come down by late next year. I personally am not that optimistic that we're going to see rates start to come down late next year. And I think we may even see rates a little bit higher. Uh, we heard Jerome Powell say recently when he spoke um, that there's very little evidence yet that the higher interest rates have done much to bring inflation down. We've topped it off. There have been some areas where it's come down, but especially in the service sector and in property sectors, which are major components of inflation, we're still seeing a lot of strength and in some cases still gaining momentum on inflation. Um, so in order to get wage inflation down, that's going to take a higher unemployment rate or an increased supply of labor. The Fed doesn't have much to do that it can do to increase the supply of labor. Um, so that's going to be a real problem. They're going to have to try to slow down the economy to get the jobs market to ease up. And right now we have close to two and a half jobs for every person looking for a job. They've got to bring that in better balance to bring wage inflation down. And you know the markets will be closely watching any sort of talk coming across with them and interest rates. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing about interest rates is they go up, it makes the cost of holding grain a little bit higher. You know, that grain in the bin sitting there um, that could be paying off some debt or could be earning interest um, makes that cost of storage a little bit higher. So it does change the movement of grain as well. What concerns, as we switch the page and look at the livestock side, I mean, obviously we saw some volatility within the trade um, over the last couple of days, but now everybody's talking about these two weather systems that are moving in as to what has been, for this part, from a cattle perspective, a decent growing season. It really has, and we've seen heavier weights as a result. That may start to change here soon as we're going to get more cold air starting to funnel into the major feedlot district. Um, You mentioned the storm coming up tomorrow, which probably Nebraska is going to be getting more of the brunt of that with some freezing rain, freezing drizzle, maybe some snow. It doesn't have to take much volume if it's freezing drizzle, freezing rain to create kind of havoc out there. 
Uh, and so that's a concern we'll have to watch. As far as, though, the real impact of cold and precipitation, it looks like next week's storm may have a more powerful punch to it. Now it's still out there ways, so it could change. Forecast models are known for doing that. But we're really looking at next late Monday into Tuesday and Wednesday being the real target here where we could see quite a bit more colder air coming in and a lot more snow and high winds across the northern plains. Maybe focused a little bit more in North Dakota and South Dakota than in Nebraska, but Nebraska looks like it could certainly get its share of the bad weather as well. Since we were talking about interest rates and everything that's been going on, how do you see that weighing on consumer demand to get these proteins moved out of the grocery stores? Yeah, because lately we've been really seeing the cold storage report showing a build of supplies of meat. Uh, Part of that's because of the heavier weights of cattle. Even though the slaughter numbers are starting to come down, the weights are making up for it right now and adding to it. Some of it's just due to the fact that we're in the fourth quarter of the year when we tend to slaughter more hogs during that quarter, and it's kind of coming together. And so we need that consumer demand. Um, But we need to get consumer confidence up. And right now, consumer confidence is down because the stock market's down and inflation is high. Those two factors have the consumer getting nervous about spending money on the higher cuts of meat. And we've got to be able to turn that around and improve the consumer sentiment in order to get them spending again on those higher cuts. All right. Sounds good, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. I encourage you to follow Arlen if you haven't already done so. And that is a look at this Wednesday's version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. It is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.